0: So this morning, I just want to talk about provoking heaven into action. Hallelujah. Provoking heaven into action. And I believe that this will be key for your life. Hallelujah. Now, we know the principle of asking and receiving. Matthew chapter number 7, verse 7. It says, ask and you shall receive. Now, we know that principle. I say provoking heaven into action. I see you are still writing. Let me give you time. Thank you, Jesus. So, I say we know the principle of asking and receiving. Matthew 7, 7, ask and you shall receive. We know the principle of sowing. Amen? Now, many people are just limited by the principle of asking and receiving or sowing to receive. So, this is the only way they provoke heaven. But there are many ways. Hallelujah. And, and let me let me tell you that the principle of sowing and reaping has been misused over time. In a way that the sower does not care for the person he's sowing into, he only cares for his harvest. So it's not done out of the motivation of caring. It's done out of motivation of me. The man shows in your life, you say, thank you. You say, I'm just sowing. It means that his whole intention was not you. You were just a tool for him to receive. So he's out there looking for occasional opportunities to receive. And then you become one of the opportunities. So that's how we have reduced sowing and reaping. We also have reduced God into saying the right thing. You see, we have been taught that you may incubate the thought in the womb of your mind in order to give it birth in the kernel of your mouth. In a way that, that in God, we only provoke God by what we say. So we are saying the right thing. We are saying the word. We are saying this, which is good and, and which is God's instruction, but, but we have also limit God with that. Hallelujah. You see, those things are tools in our hands that God has given us in order to, do, to lead our life into a right direction. The Bible says in the book of Colossians that, that, that the boat is, or gems that the boat is, is turned around by a small rider. So is it with a tongue. So God has told us that your tongue is the guide through which your life goes. So, God said, He put the tongue in your mouth so that your tongue may guard your life. And the, the principle is right, and that's what God wants us to do. Hallelujah. But this morning, I want to introduce you, I believe, to something that is more fulfilling than all this. Although we should do all these things, it means that as Christians, you shouldn't talk things that you don't believe. You shouldn't say things that are contrary to the mind of a Christian. I told you that in the Garden of Eden, the question of God to Adam in Genesis chapter number 3. When Adam said, we are naked, God said, who told you you are naked? Because that language is not from God. If If you understand, Adam was already naked before he ate the fruit. You don't know that. The Bible said that both were naked, but they were not ashamed. So he was naked before he ate the fruit. The fruit just opened the eyes on the nakedness. And Abraham started to confess what his eyes saw instead of confessing what God has said. So God said, who told you? So it means that, that, that God doesn't want you to confess your condition. He wants you to confess his word. It's not your condition, the problem. It's your lack of assimilating or a right of dividing the word of God that causes a problem in our lives. But this morning, like I say, I want to lead you to another thing. You know it, it's just something that I'm going to just remind you because reminding you always works. I want to lead you to a place where you not ask. You are not asking God, but God is asking you. What kind of life Where God himself come and ask you? I want to be at the place where I'm not asking for things anymore. God is asking me what do I want. Hallelujah. And and it's, it's possible to hit a place like that where your worry is not about you anymore, but God comes and asks you, what do you want? But God does not ask that just to ask it. In the Bible, he didn't ask that to everybody. He asked it to few people, and we're going to take their example and see what they've done for God to ask them that question. Sometimes he does not even ask them. Sometimes he tells them what the need is, and he's going to meet it. Oh, what a joy when God himself comes and tells you, this is your need, and I'm going to do it. Without you opening your mouth and saying anything, I want to be in that place. I say I want to be in that place, where God himself tells me, listen, I see you are struggling with this and that, and I'm going to take care of this. The first person I'm going to take, take, call to the stand to testify to us is Abraham, as usual. You know I like Abraham. So if you la- listen to my preaching, there's a chance that you hear Abraham and David. That one you know. These are my two guys in the Bible, in the Old Testament. So let's call Abraham to stand and let's go to the book of Genesis chapter number 18 verse 1 to 8 to 10 Genesis chapter number 18 verse 1 to 10 and I want us to read uh, quickly from there Hallelujah Are you here with me He said then the Lord appeared to him by the terebinth tree of Mamre as he was sitting in the ten- in the tent's door in the heat of Day. <laughs> so he, lift up, he lifted his eyes and looked, and behold, three men were standing by him. And when he saw them, he ran from the tent door to meet them and bowed himself to the ground. And he said, My Lord, if I have not found favor in your sight, do not pass on by your servant. Please let a little water be brought and wash your feet and rest yourself under the tree, and I will bring a morsel of bread that you may refresh your hearts. After that, you may pass by inasmuch as as you have come to your servant. And they said, do as you have said. So Abraham hurried, hurried into the tent of Sarah and said, quickly, make ready three measures of fine meal, knitted it it, and make cakes. And Abraham ran to the herd, took a tender and good calf, gave it to a young man, and he hastened to prepare it. So he took butter and milk and the calf, which he had prepared, and set it before them and stood by them under the tree as they ate. Then they said to him, Where is Sarah, your wife? So he said, Here in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife, will have a son. Have you noticed that Abraham didn't ask him for a son? Abraham didn't ask. What Abraham did was the hospitality. And he was not even doing the hospitality for a son. He was doing the hospitality because it was his nature. But let me come back to the beginning. The Bible says Abraham was sitting at the door of his tent in the heat of a day. Oh, I've been to Israel and I've been to the desert. And we that have been to the desert know what this text is talking about. You know, when it's hot in the desert, it's very hot. When we got to that desert, the elderly people, we asked them not to come down because of the heat. Abraham defiled the heat and sat at the door. Now, Abraham was not the only person staying in that place. But everybody was looking for a shade, while Abraham defiled the condition to stay at the mouth of a tent. And the position of Abraham allowed him to see who is coming in and who is going out. You see, believers, we need to be at a strategic position. doesn't matter what the conditions are. Because sometimes we allow the condition to take us out of our position. Oh. Sometimes the pain of a struggle in your life has a tendency to remove you from position. Maybe you are an intercessor, but because of what is going on in your own life, you won't, don't have time to intercede anymore. You have been moved out of position. Abraham stood at the door of the tent even in the heat of the day. I don't know. I don't know what your situation looked like this morning. And I don't know what heat is coming from your situation. But tell your neighbor, do not move from the mouth of a tent. No. Say, say, do not move from the mouth of a tent. Do, do, do not move because, because the Bible says that our bodies have a temple of the Holy Ghost. Our bodies have a tent of the Holy Ghost. And there needs to be a place where we behold what is going on outside. And we need to stand at our doorpost. The struggle in Christianity today. Is the struggle to stand at our posts. Many things will come to distract you, but you have a stamina to stand at your post. It was hot. Like I told you, when we got out of a bus in that desert, everybody was trying to struggle for a shade. It's burning. Your skin is like burning. Abraham sat at the mouth, not under the tent, at the mouth. Because he refused. He refused that any natural circumstances may dictate his spiritual stand. And that's what we have come down to. Are you going to allow these natural circumstances to dictate your stand with God? Yes. Even when it's hot, remain at your position. I said, when it's hot, remain at your position. When, it, when, when things are not going well, remain at your position. Don't allow those things to change you into somebody else. Remain at your position. Abraham stood there. And then, what he did, the Bible said, he lifted up his eyes. He lifted up his eyes. It means that Abraham was not concerned by what was going on around, he was looking into the higher position. He looked into, he lifted up his eyes, and he saw three men. Ah, let me read so that you can understand. They said, he lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, free men were standing by him. Did you read it right with me? Let's read it again in uh, uh, verse, verse 2. Verse 2, I want you to read it loud. Verse 2, 1 two, three. said, this is, this is something that I did not I didn't understand. They said three men were standing by him. Then he ran to them. Wow. Ah. I, I, have you noticed that? Yeah. If I'm standing by you, there is no need for you to run to me. Yeah. It means that what Abraham saw was a spiritual sight. He saw the manifestation of the people before they appear. Why? That's why he lifted up his eyes. Because if his eyes were on the ground, there was no way for visions. So when you keep your eyes on the Lord, vision will interact with you. Because the Lord is an offer of vision. So Abraham was looking up and he saw men standing by him. Listen, whatever appears in the natural first manifests in the spirit. Can I tell you that that your healing that you are looking for has already happened. You just need to run to it. But right now it's standing by you. The three men were standing there and Abraham ran to them. There are things in your life that are already standing by you. The only thing you need to do is to move toward them in the natural Because in the spirit it's already there and you need to run toward them in the natural. Hmm. Can can I tell you that the breakthrough you are trusting God for is already there. You You see, when we pray for our young pilot, it's not that we are praying for him to succeed because the success was already there. We are praying for his eyes to be opened over his own success so that he can run toward it. So the prayer was, was, was giving him the ability to stand because without prayer, he didn't know that it was done. Listen, prayer is a system, a strategy from heaven to, to, to lure us into faith. Because when we pray, we think because we have prayed, things have happened, but it happened before we pray. So our prayer is a strategy from God to make us participator of what has already happened. So when I said to the woman right now, I was praying for her, remember I didn't touch her. Because it was already done. So all this I was doing was a strategy to boost her faith so that you can know she's already healed. So Abraham ran to them. And then when he ran to them, he made a proposition. He submitted to them that, guys, don't pass by. You need to come under my tent. You need to come under my tent and let let me refresh you before you go. And Abraham himself was not refreshed. Because he needed to prepare before feeding them. It means the food was not available when Abraham was talking. But he knew in his spirit... That because I have the grace to love and to, to entertain people, the things are already there. I just need to put them together. Grace has been already given to you. I say grace has already been given to you. All you need to do is to put the thing together so that it can go into the same motion. And that you may be able to create an environment in which God can delight himself. Now, Abraham says, I'm killing this. I'm doing this, I'm giving you butter. I didn't know God likes butter. So I'm giving you butter, I'm giving you. Mm. And remember, after they ate, Abraham didn't need to ask them for anything. They asked Abraham. Yes. Do you know that entertaining the presence of God is the key for God to ask you what you want? If you are, that's what we call the voice of our action in the spirit. Because our action carries voices. You see, people that like to entertain the presence, these are people that are not asking God for anything anymore because the presence asks them. So that's why when we talk to, to you about entertaining God's presence, sometimes you don't know what it is. And you think, how do I entertain God's presence? You know, it's simple to entertain the presence of the Lord. When you are alone and you start to worship the Lord and you start to praise on your own and you start to read scripture and you make noise for God, you are entertaining the presence of God. It's not something magical. You make melody in your heart for the Lord. Throughout the day, you sing songs of rejoicing over the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord, God Almighty he was and he is and he is to come. Lord, you are great, you are wonderful. I love you, Father. Thank you for opening doors in front of me. Thank you for doing all kinds of Father. I delight myself in you. Now, when you start to, to do those things, the Spirit of the Lord rejoices over you. So the first key is to entertain the presence of God. Listen, listen. You are not entertaining the presence so that you can receive something. It will be, again, the sowing thing. You are entertaining the presence because that's who you are. You are born from the very presence of God. Therefore, entertaining the presence of God is is not a matter of you trying to get something. It's a matter of you trying to be yourself. That's who I am. When you say, I know who I am, it's not just I'm righteous, it's not just I'm saved, it's not, no, no, no. Who I am is to manifest and entertain the presence of God wherever I go, so that I may be a carrier of this living presence. That when I enter a place without me talking, the atmosphere changes. Hi! So that without me praying, the atmosphere changes. My my whole being became a carrier of the praises. The ark that was carrying the praises, that ark was not praying, that ark was not talking, but what was inside of the ark manifested itself outside. Hi. Are you an independent worshiper? Are you an independent worshiper? Or do you rely on the corporate worship? An independent worshiper is somebody that worships when he's alone. It's somebody that goes to his bathroom and worships when he's alone. It's somebody that is not worshipping to impress anyone, but is worshipping because that's who he is. But but one of the, the, the things of Satan is to try to intimidate you with your circumstances so that you fail to be who you are and he tried to make make you somebody that you are not because complaining is not part of a born again Christian but when circumstances come they want to make you complain and you must refuse that because it's not one of your nature so so, so you entertain the presence of God, the voice of our action Abraham entertained the presence of God he fed God he fed God Oh God, give us grace to feed you. Give us grace to feed you. Some people say God does not eat. He does. Haven't you realized that we are created in His image and likeness? So why do we eat? If He does not eat, then we are not His image and His likeness. God does eat. Hmm. Where did he get the idea of fruits? The Bible says in the book of Corinthians that Jesus was a visible manifestation of the invisible God. In him, deity dwelt bodily. Do you know that Jesus was eating? Do, do you know why he cursed the fig tree? Because there was no fruit. Do you think he was going to say, fruit, fruit, fruit? He was going to eat. No, 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 no. We can't feed God with our natural fruit. But we feed God with his fruit that we bear from our lives. So when we bear fruit, we are a tree that God come and feed on the fruit that we bear. That's why the Bible says that if you don't bear fruit, it will cut you. Because you are starving with God. And, and, and you want to eat and he comes and there is no fruit on the tree. The fruit of righteousness, the fruit of the spirit, that's what God feeds on. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, so if you feed God, God will ask you. I told you about this story of Isaac, of, of Isaac. Isaac wants to bless his children, but he said, "I will bless you upon your food you give me. If you can feed me, I will bless you." That's why the devil tempts Jesus with food. Because the other way also works. Food can be a blessing or a curse. If you eat at the wrong table, you are cursed. You need to eat at the right table. The Lord is my shepherd and I shall not want. He placed before me a table, so I will feast at the table of the Lord, not at the table of my, 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 my problem, not at the table of, of, of the, the proposition of what the world is, is submitting to me. I will not eat at the table of distress, of fear, of third wave of corona. I will not eat at that table. I will eat at the table of the Lord. His word. I will feast in his word. Hallelujah. Abraham. Abraham. Woo. The same principle of hosting God's praises is seen with the woman of Shunem. We call her the Shunammite woman. The Shunammite woman. It's a woman day. The Shunammite woman. Not the Shunammite man. The Shunammite woman. There was a man in Shunem that the man did not have a revelation that the woman had. Can, can can we read that quickly in the book of Second Kings, chapter number four? We will read from verse eight to 17, 2 Kings. Are you still here? Yes. Don't worry. We will, we will go so, slow, slow, slow. If we don't finish today, we will finish next week. The Shunammite woman, 2 Kings, chapter number 4. While the PowerPoint is there, I want to just see it in my Bible. Hey, I received this Bible for my birthday, so it's so nice to read from you. You see, that's why I'm reading for it. Please don't be jealous. <laughs> it's just the way it goes. Hallelujah. There was a time when my wife told me, if you buy another Bible, because I couldn't resist. When, <laughs> when we go to town, she knows where I'm going. And she see I'm paging Bible. She said, don't buy another Bible. I said, why? She says, you have so many. I said, no, you don't understand. From one translation to another one, there's a flavor that appears somewhere. So I need to buy. But she was right. There are some Bible I can't get to them. I bought them and I don't know they are in the house. Because among them, I pick a favorite one. And I'm on that. So, let's read uh, from 2 Kings. I want to read from verse 8. He said, now it happened one day that Elisha went to Shunem where there was a notable woman and she persuaded him to eat some food. Again, eating. <laughs> so it was, as often as he passed by, he would turn in there to eat some food. Ah, I didn't know Elijah, Elisha liked foods. But not, not any kind of food. He liked the food of that woman it means she put in some ingredients that are appealing to the flesh of the prophet. Hmm. Now the woman says, uh, and she said to her husband, look now, I know that this is a holy man of God who passes by us. The husband didn't notice that he was a man of God. And the woman has to point out. That's why sometimes women drag their husband to church. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I did a lot of crusades, so I know what I'm talking about. When you make an altar call, men are sending the other side, women are running to the altar call. And they say they are so emotional. They don't know they are not emotional, they are visionaries. So so Bible says, I say, I know this is a man of God. And he said, uh, uh, Please, let us make a small upper room on the, on the wall and let us put a bed. For him there, and a table, and a chair, and a lampstand, so that it, so it will be. Whenever he comes to us, he can turn in here. And it happened one day that he came there, and he turned into the upper room and lay down there. Then he said to Geziah, his servant, call this Shunammite woman. When he had called her, he stood, she stood before him, and he said to him, and he said to him, Say now to her, look, you have been concerned for us with all this care. What can I do for you? Ha, what can I do? Somebody say, what can I do for you? (laughs) Say, do you want me to speak on your behalf to the king? It means I have connections. Or to the commander of the army because I have influence in the army. She answered, I dwell among my own people. So he said, what then is to be done for her? And Gagea answered, actually, she has no son. And her husband is old. So he said, call her. When he had called her, she stood in the doorway, again in the doorway. Then he said, about this time next year, you shall embrace a son. This is a woman that was not concerned about her condition. She was only concerned about making the man of God comfortable. What I just did is what we call selah in the Bible. There are moments where you need to be silent because there is no way to express what you feel. So I just did a selah. For the preachers, you need to do some sealers in your preaching. Hallelujah. So, so Elijah, Elijah says, this woman has been caring for us. What can we do for her? It took the woman first to acknowledge the grace upon Elijah. And she said, we're not going to make a room downstairs, we're going to make a room upstairs. It means we're going to make, put him higher than us. And, 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 and Elisha said, this woman has been concerned, what can we do to her? And he said, Geisha was spying on the woman without her knowing it. You see, when God spies on you to see what you need, he, he a Geisha was spying on the woman. And the woman didn't know that somebody is being taking notice of them. Geisha said she does not have a son and the husband is old. So he has assessed the situation. So while he was eating the food, he was assessing the situation. So when you entertain the presence of God, God is assessing your situation. No, no, you might think that nothing is happening. Because this Elijah didn't come there once. It came over the years. Some of you are too in hurry for God to ask you what you want. You don't have enough patience to wait on God's timing. You want it now and now. The woman didn't go weary. She didn't say, ah, I've been sowing in the life of that guy. I don't know what I'm reaping. The woman was not concerned about what she will reap right now. She was concerned about being somebody that, is, that has set herself to be a blessing. To that grace, she said, "Let's put a table, let's put a lamp, ah, significant elements. Let let me, let me read it again so that we can get it. He said, verse ten. Say, please, let us make a small upper room on the wall, and let us put a bed, a bed, and a table." A chair, a lampstand. Look at the element. She put a bed for rest. So if God needs a rest, I want God in my house. Let my house be a resting place for God. Let my house be a resting place for angels. That when they feel that they want to take a rest, they fly to my house. Because the environment is conducive for them to rest. Let your house be an angel resting place. They said, let's put a bed. And, And then she went on and said, a table. A table. You prepare a table before my enemies. A table is a place of intimacy. You see, when you sit at the table, you engage into intimate conversation with people because you trust each other so much to put your hands on the same food. If you don't trust somebody, you don't put him at your table because he might poison you. You won't even be able to stand up and go and take salt because you are afraid that when you go, you put something on your food. You only bring people that you trust at your table. You don't bring your enemies at your table. And the the lady says, let's show this man that we are for him, not against him. I put a table. and said, let's put a lampstand. The lampstand was one of the things that was in the tabernacle. So she said, let's organize this place so that it can be a holy place. She made all the conditions for the place to be holy. For Elisha. So they said, without being invited, Elisha will go by himself. The first time he was invited, the other time he was not invited. Because a room was prepared for him. You see, if you prepare a room for God, you don't need to say, Holy Spirit come, he comes. You, don't, you finish with a prayer, oh, Lord, fill me. Oh, Lord. No, it fills you. You finish with a prayer, oh, God. No, because you have prepared a place and a table for the king of kings and the Lord of lords. And all your life, you are concerned about making a house for the Lord. God will invite himself into your house when you know how to prepare a place for him. Hi, hi. I hope you discern the presence of God. I say, I hope you discern the presence of God. And, 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 and I know about the misuse of those scriptures in the kingdom. But I know also the side where as, this, as human we can say I went to a meeting a few weeks ago with my daughter, Lerato. And I preached, and when I came to say, Dad, it's like you are two people. I say, Why? Say, the one in church and the one here. I say, What do you mean? She say, I've never seen you this way. I say, You know why? You see me here. Divine is used to me. These people are not used to me. So they welcome me according to the grace that God has put upon my life. That divine is used. One miracle, the place is upside down. Here, one miracle. Continue. (laughs) You, you, You don't know how to provoke something inside of somebody. Hey, my God. I get there. I get there. I call people. I speak upon them. People, I speak upon them. I tell them what is going on in their workplace, what is going on in their houses. And and you and say, I, I don't know you like this. I say, no. You don't know me like this because I was not provoked to be like this. Yes. 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 I, I, I went to Malawi. The, the people... The, the, uh, uh, David told me, my father said, whenever you come to Malawi, he, he, he's introduced to another man, not the one he knows in Bloemfontein. I, I said, it's not about the place. It's about the heart of the people that are receiving you. Yes. 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 Yes, Elisha, there were many people in that place, but the woman of Shunem says, yes, I know that Elisha does not have hair. And some children were laughing at him, but I know this is How do you entertain the presence? When the Holy Ghost comes upon you, do you just shake and say, oh, it was nice? Or do you understand that God has visited me? Or do you understand that the presence of God just has touched me? God will not touch me just for a joke. He has touched me for something relevant. So I need to, I need to treasure this experience. I need to talk about it. I need to, pray, I need to praise God for this experience. It's an experience that, I, that, that the whole heaven, heaven has moved on my behalf. Heaven has come and touched me. And this is marvelous in my eyes. Regardless my condition, heaven moves on my behalf. And you start to identify Grace. Hallelujah. He said, they say the husband is old. It means that in the natural, there is no way they can have a child again. And they say the woman, probably the woman was old also. Amen. But the grace in the house overrides. Your problem is not your condition. Your problem is, is who are you hosting? Because the one you host has the ability to override the situation. Who are you hosting? Are you hosting the memory? Are you hosting the criticism? Or are you hosting the ancient of days? Who are you hosting in your situation? Who are you hosting? The voice of our actions somebody say the voice of our actions the voice of our actions the voice of our action do you know that Noah and uh, Noah didn't pray for God not to destroy the world with with uh, flood anymore He didn't. But his action made God respond. Hallelujah. I say, who are you hosting this morning? Who are you hosting? Who are you entertaining? What is being entertained in your life will give a result That you either expect or don't expect. People are surprised. and say, I don't know why I've prayed. I've prayed God is not answering. Sometimes God doesn't want your prayers. He wants your actions. Everybody can pray. But how many people can entertain the presence? David danced before the ark as a madman. Like a madman. When the ark of God was entering Jerusalem, while Saul had forgotten about the ark, in his whole kingship, he did not mind about the ark of God being captured by the Philistines and brought back to a place where he was having access to. He was fighting his war without the ark of the Lord. David came and said, listen, I can win the battle like Saul wins without the ark, but I cannot please God without the ark. So it's not because you win a battle that it means God is for you or with you. Because battle can be won out of many principles. You can be skillful and win a war. Huh? You can be well equipped and win a war. But God will not be pleased at you without his praises. So it doesn't matter what is going on in your life today. And I'm, I'll carry on next week. It doesn't matter what is going on in your life today. Set yourself to say, I will not be moved from my position. Amen. Say to your neighbor, I will not be moved from my position. Amen. Say, I refuse to be moved. Hey, <laughs> I refuse to be moved. In the name of Jesus. Even if I have to call, I will call, praising the Lord. Even if I have to lie down, I will lift up one hand and say, He is good. Doesn't matter what is happening, God is good. We have a song when we're in Sunday school. They say, I will praise him with my voice. And if I don't have a voice anymore, I will praise him with clapping of hands. And if my clapping of hands fails me, I will praise him with my, fo- my feet. And if my feet fail me, I will praise him with my soul. So we are saying, devil, doesn't matter what you do. There will be a place where I will be able to entertain the presence of God. I'll be lying on my bed. Maybe I can't move from one side to another one, but my soul is jumping up and down within me because I am a living tabernacle of the Holy Ghost. There's no excuses. No, there's no excuses. There's no excuses. No, I'm a divorcee. It's not an excuse. Yes, you're not the first one. No, my, my, I was abused. It, it, we, we, we feel for you, but it's not an excuse. Yes, because Jesus himself was abused. Yes. All these excuses that we are giving are just mat that we are sitting on. Remember, I preach, stand up, walk. This morning, I want you to discern what God is doing. And rise up at the level where God is moving. And host the praises of God. Oh, let your, let your house be turned into a living tabernacle. That, that, that when Satan comes there, there is fire everywhere. He tries the bedroom, there is fire. He tries the living room, there is fire. He tries everywhere, there is fire. Because somebody lives in this house that understands the principle that I will not be moved, I will not be shaken by what is happening. So let's make an upper room for him. Let not, let not mingle him with the things that are happening here on the ground level. Let's separate him and put him high. Are you going to entertain God's presence? Listen, do it with your heart. Don't do it with a, a kind of expectation that God is coming to bless me. Yeah. Because after two days, you will be tired. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because after two days, you will not come. Yeah. Yes, yes. Elisha taught that to a Shunammite. She, she didn't expect, but Elisha took his time. Took his time. Until he came to a place where he knew that this woman cannot be weary. if you are not go weary in what you are doing, at the end you shall reap. This woman didn't go weary because she was not doing it for the outcome. She was doing it because that's who she was. Abraham learned it. Amen. Abraham learned it. God came to Abraham when Abraham was, when God spoke to him, Abraham was 99 years old. But he was first called when he was 75. So so from 75 to 99, make the calculation. How many years? About 20? 24 years. And Abraham was standing still, waiting at the mouth of his tent. He did not move. He did not shift. Some of you are here, but God promised me he will use me. When is he going to use me? continue to ask that question. You're delaying using. By your own self, you are delaying yourself. He didn't want to use you because you were so good. He wanted to use because he chose you. And if he chose you, there's the timing connected to the choice. And until that time comes, you can jump high as a ceiling, but you will never be used until. So why why trouble yourself for something you cannot help? So in the process, do what you have to do today. Uh If you go daily, daily, you you will stumble into the arena of people that are used by God. Remember, God does not always see your sacrifice. He sees sometimes your obedience. You don't hear what I'm saying. I say sometimes God does not see the sacrifice. He sees the obedience. When Abraham laid Isaac on the altar, God didn't see Isaac. No. He didn't say, now I have seen you put Isaac. No. He said, now I have seen that you love me because you obeyed me. So God did not see Isaac He saw the obedience. So it's not all your prayers sometimes that God sees. It's your heart that prays that he sees. Ah. He was blind to Isaac because he was the one actually that has put him on the altar so it was no news for him. But what he saw was the fact that Abraham obeys. And the obedience of Abraham called heaven to respond. Heaven says, now I know that you love me because you have not refused me your own son. And then he made a covenant with Abraham that day, again, because Abraham obeys. There are things that you do in life that will cause you not to be somebody that asks anymore, but somebody that even ask. I pray that God may bless you today. I say I pray that God may bless you today, that you will go home. Yeah, 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 yeah. You will go home. Changing the atmosphere in your house. You walk in that house. You repel all of the darkness in your house. You make a quality choice to say, I'm me and the devil will not stay together in this house. I refuse. I refuse. Completely I refuse. I'm going to usher the presence in so big that the devil will have to pack up and go. Entertaining the presence. I say entertaining the presence, the voice of our action. That's the first step of this preaching. By God's grace, I will show you other steps next Sunday. I want the worship team to come.